This is the Monday Night Men's Forum. I am Matt of A Farm Hop Life, and tonight we have... Homestead of Pain. Um, yes. I've been posting content on TikTok more and more, so go good. check it out. Good, good. Um, the one and only Homestead of Pain. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, I thought I, I thought I was going to have to cancel. because uh, I mean, if you need to, that's fine. No, so um, I pushed it back because I'm heading out of town tomorrow, and um, I hate I hate having to leave to come do this before uh, my son goes to bed. Mm-hmm. And so he like got it from his nap super late or something like that, and so he was not gonna go down um, yeah. without a fight. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm, I was like, uh, I hope we can just bump it. Yeah. So here we are. Um, yeah, cool. Let's uh, tonight we're gonna talk. We're gonna continue the collapse now. Avoid the rush and focus on water. But before we do that, let's do a personal event. Personal. I don't. I you know. I kind of forgot them all. <laughs> forgot them all. Yeah. Um. I mean, you had your. I know you can't go into details, but you had your new job. Right. Oh that. yeah, that was that was great. That was fantastic. I ended up making two hundred at the end of the day, and it was great. It was great. It was really fun. It was so fun. I pretty much just ran the kitchen by myself. It. I just started doing what everybody else was doing, and then just kind of made them move out of the way, doing it for them. You need to learn how to delegate because that's sounds. It sounds like you got there. Uh, you had to get up super early, and you stayed pretty late, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, it was I a long up, day. Oh yeah, I mean, it felt bad because I got up at two thirty in the morning, drove for about an hour, and then drove for another hour. Get to a point where I, if I don't want to know how to get there without having to follow somebody, I can just drive myself, and it'll be just an hour. And then we got there about five, and then we started to set up and started cooking. Um, I was manning the grill. I cooked. I don't even know how many burgers and hot dogs and sausage and bacon and all that, and then. I just started getting more energetic as the day grew on, and I was just like doing more and more. This one guy, he was doing the window and making sure we had coffee, and then I just started making the coffee. It's like, look, I can, I can make the coffee. It's good. Um, they were standing there measuring out like five tablespoons, and I just measured those five heaping tablespoons. It's a cup, so I just do one scoop, make the coffee, move on, and then I started just listening to the window and just starting taking the orders from. And so I, he just basically sat down after four hours <laughs> and, and then the other lady who was helping she was she was tired because they didn't go to sleep last night or the night before and then i just she was making everything and then i just started cooking and making and doing it all taking the money making the change yeah it was great you um you're something else dude <laughs> i don't even know how to put it just like they were, they were super excited super thrilled and happy with me so i mean i worked should then. i worked everybody almost sounds like it and it was it was a slow day so i think we sold about twelve hundred dollars worth of food and that was a slow day that was a slow day okay okay yeah hmm. Hmm. all right but you said it was going to get busier oh yeah maybe two or three times as many people as it goes on nice do you get paid hourly or do you get tips or both um we get tips and, and then we just kind of pull it and then divide it. Um, did you just take them all because you just did everyone's job? No, 
No, we just divided it all. I ended up coming home with more than I thought I would. I mean, I came home with 200 cash, so I'm not going to complain. Sure. If you count the the hours I actually worked, it was probably like 16.5 an hour. And then no taxes. Then I have to, you know, factor in gas, which not bad. wasn't a whole lot. Not too bad. Yeah. Nice. And it was so entertaining. It was so much fun. That does seem like your pace. The, yeah, the it restaurant was. It was part for it, it, serving. It I really, guess it really was, and I, I outpaced everybody else, and so I just kind of took over the kitchen. I'm surprised you have the patience for a garden. <laughs> uh, that's why I don't stop. Plants. I guess I suppose you're constantly planting new things for succession planting and whatnot. Um, I try. Plants are like the most like are the slowest things in the world. Yeah, you have um, to learn some patience and care, but I do try. Dude, just wait till you have kids. Yeah. It'll it'll just seem like a week or a day is a week or something, I don't know. And then and then they're too old. And then you get sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you just have another one. Then then you just yeah, then your succession <laughs> yeah. implanting. You just constantly have babies. Yeah, yeah. Um, my personal event, my wife picked up our half peg, and then I posted a picture on Twitter and Instagram. And um, so we invested $1,500 in having, like, stocking up the freezer. And, of course, Jeremy had to be a dickhead. And he's like, I thought I was going to see a picture of a deer in there. Um no deer uh, did not get any venison this year. I thought but your neighbor shot that one. He did, but that's for him. Apparently, uh, he need, he needs to fill, which uh, is whatever, whatever. Uh, he's I mean, this freezer first, and then I get whatever extra. So I don't, that don't sound fair to me, but okay. Not, you at least you should at least get a third since it was on your land. That's kind of what I thought, but um, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I ain't gonna. I ain't great. gonna be pissy about it. So, yeah. If there's if there's more that come by for him to shoot, then I get that one or something. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. We are expecting um, crazy cold temps, and so oh, yeah. uh, man, I got a Christmas right. Uh, no, like this week, like uh, well, this week Wednesday, is Christmas. When's nope, nope. When uh, Sunday is Christmas, dude. That's. Okay. It's less that than is... a week. It's on Sunday, which is the start of the new week. Okay. okay. How do you if... how do you organize your calendar? You, Does it start on a Monday? Semantics. No, it's just I, you know I want to play week. semantics. I got nothing but semantics. Okay. I... Well <laughs> Christmas Eve is this week. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, I think but it's yeah. supposed to get down to twelve here. I have no idea what it's like up there. Uh negative twenty five. Yeah, you can miss me with that. Where I'm going uh, for work is going to be negative 51 with can... windshield. Where are you going again? Uh, Dickinson, North Dakota. Okay. Yeah, you can you can miss me with that one too. <laughs> yeah, I saw – I don't know how it came by. I saw a, a – it, it was a trucker on TikTok about – him like sitting in a Walmart parking lot and man, it looks like 
it, it looked like North Dakota in the winter. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly thrilled. I'm like half my bag that's packed is in case that we get, cause we're driving oh. uh, in case we get stuck on the side of the road or something. Are like you going to so, take two bags? Am I going to take two bags? What do you mean? I mean, you said your bag is has stuff in it since you're driving in case you get stuck. Are you going to just take two and instead of yeah. one to have more? Yeah. Yep. So I've got like one bag that has like way too much stuff in it. I'm going to end up I I'm, I tucked the other bag just empty in the other in my primary bag. So when I get to the office in the morning, um I can divvy it up. Okay. Take the the heavy duty layers out of my my main bag. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we don't want to get stuck on the side of the road and freeze to death. So, that doesn't sound fun. But we're gonna get through it. So, um, claps now. Water. This one, this one's interesting because I'm bad at it. This one's that I I I I personally don't have. Yeah, a active storage method of water. Yeah, um, I don't have. We don't have any at all. Um, we were gonna put one up with about like five or six IBC totes, and then we came to the realization that why do this now if we're seriously looking and considering at moving? Which we got a really, a really positive, you know, flood of information from that. We pulled the title to the house and you know all the county records, and we should be good. There's, there's really, it's already been through probate. There's nothing else that should really stand in the way. No, no family members coming out and trying to lay claim after we've already bought it. Mm. So Good. There, there should Good. be. Now we're just kind of got to get a price and then get a game plan. So, but yeah, when we get there, it really kind of impresses me how much water you can catch in the specific amount of service area. Like if you have, like the water that you collect, the water that runs off your house, you probably would have more than enough for water for a year after a couple storms. Oh yeah, yeah. And you then, people in the south. Um, so I was in Louisiana last week. I everyone that lives in the south just likes it hot and wet. That I, that's what I've determined. That's all. Oh, no, absolutely all you not. Like. Yes. Look, yes. I'm not. I'm not a swamp man. Okay. I don't like it. I don't like it hot and wet. Yes, you do. That's why why you live in Georgia. And no, no, thanks. No, it's we have we do have high humidity, but I bet it's nothing like Louisiana. It can't be. Well, uh, maybe. Maybe it's like eight hours for me. It can't be. It's like eight hours for me. Maybe. Um. I, I just, I just, I'm just doing uh, blanket statements because it's easier that way. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm in. I, I was kind of impressed how much water you can basically just like trip over down down there because it was like there was like it was very clay, yeah, uh, like lots and lots of clay. And so the water just is just sitting on the top. It's not 
It's not penetrating the ground. It's got like nowhere to go. And yeah, then it rained so we have, a lot. We have several <laughs> fields here around us that they'll get completely flooded. Maybe just the whole field get completely flooded at like some low spots because it just gets it's got runoff from the road, the train tracks, and all the bunch of stuff. And it, it'll just sit there for maybe a week or two before it goes away. Well, where I live, we get 19 inches of precipitation a year. And so we have to, we are going to actually uh, hire a guy to do a plan, to build a plan for us to be able to store more water. Yeah. Like, like do like do swales and maybe like little catchments here and there. Cause there's like, uh, there's like some unique features on the property. We get about 45 to 50 inches of precipitation. I would, I would drown to death. <laughs> Sometimes I do, you know, it's my hair. I'm I hate sweat. it because it messes up my hair a lot. <laughs> it's not great for my hair. <laughs> you don't like it because it gives you a bad hair day. That's yeah. I mean, it's by far my best quality. So, Ooh, look at this. We got long story here. Awesome. We can hear some gravel. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome, uh, long story. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not farming by headlamp tonight, so. Yeah, that's good. No, no gravel, no, no animal sounds. I'm in the house now. So. Oh, it was good. It was a good soundtrack. Yeah. Well, you could just call it crunchy uh, business. I'm, crunchy, yeah, man. Cool. How's it going so, tonight? Good. Thank you for being here. Um, we're yeah. just we're just getting started, really, about um, water storage, and water storage, or like, I guess, doesn't have to have to be storage because one thing that I was thinking about for this episode, in terms of like, if, if the shit were to hit the fan, what would you do about water? And when we did our interview, you told me that you bought this hand pump system that sits, can be installed on top of your existing well. And if you lose power, you can just, you know, like little house in the prairie, just start going over there and pumping it. Um, yep. That is on my list of like, of things to get. Cause I like that a lot. That sounds, that sounds pretty sweet. But if the well dries up, then yeah, that's one but, thing we don't have is a well here, nor I think at the place we're going. There was one dug, but we don't know if it's if it's usable. Mm. You haven't got it tested. No, it does. It's it's basically just a big hole in the ground. <laughs> it is from like like the early nineteen uh, early nineteen hundreds, like nineteen forties, nineteen twenties. Gotcha. We're thinking about two different wells then. You're talking about an old school well, and I'm yeah. thinking of one that with like a four inch, five a good inch one. casing. Yeah, a good one. So, uh, long story, what other methods do you have for uh, for water? Well, um, I've got quite a story with water. Uh, so when we is, lived is in the long? It is a long story. Now, I, when we lived in the uh, in suburbs, we had I had um, I had seven rain barrels attached to the downspouts of the house, and then I had twelve fifty-five gallon barrels filled with water that we 
um, sanitize using essential oils and hydrogen peroxide. We didn't want to use any chlorine. Um, and so we had the way that I figured it with, with that amount of water, we would be able to handle the needs of the family for, you know, somewhere between one and two months without any water from the outside. Um, we also had, you know, Berkey filters and things like that, which, you know, some stuff came out recently that Berkey's aren't what they are cracked up to be. Um, but you know, we've I used them that. for a long time and they've worked well for us. So I don't know, you know, we haven't, isn't haven't it just them. like certifications really? That's the hoopla well, about that. I think it has to do with certain chemicals and I, and I'm not sure what to make of that because I'm more concerned about, you know, microbes and chemicals where I am, although, you know, in other scenarios, certainly chemicals would be made, maybe a major it, issue. But it right could be here, the chemicals that they use to make it and the materials they use to make it. I know I think some stink about it was, you know, the plastic breaking down over time. Yeah. Hmm. I saw something about it couldn't, it couldn't take out choline. Um, but I don't even know how dangerous that is or what the parts per million are. Yes. I don't know any of the stats on that, but sure, sure. Yeah. But anyway, so we, so that was the situation there. And then one day I had to dump out all those barrels and, uh, move to Chile. And so we moved to Chile. We had a, we lived on the river on the, um, uh, Ar river, uh, Let's see, I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, we lived on the river <laughs> um, that flowed into the Mapocho River. Arayana, I said it wrong. Arayana is the river we lived on. And the water treatment plant for where we lived was upstream from us. And every spring during the snow melt, it would get, the plant would get overwhelmed and you'd have a boiled water advisory for like three or four weeks. And we just used the Berkey the entire time. We never had a problem. We never got sick. Mm. Nothing. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of the, you know, that, that was our first experience. And then we moved to this property, this remote property. We, there's a lot of water. We live in a, a zone that's about a mile from, a, from the Bush River here in Newberry County in South Carolina. And around 300 acres drains across our 100 acres-ish, you know, just, you know, big round numbers. That's not exactly what it is. But um, so there's a ton of water here. I mean, we don't worry about water. That being said, the wells, we got, we have one that's 30 gallons a minute and the other two are like four to seven gallons a minute. Um, so they're not super productive. It's very heavy clay soils here. Lots of like, so there's a loam, a loam topsoil, sandy loam topsoil, clay subsoil, and then granite. And if you can find the veins in the rock, you can get a lot of water. If you can't, you won't get a lot of water, you know, cause it, the clay is just so, so thick, you know, so heavy. So, um, you know, we have a hand pump on one. Well, uh, we are going to be putting a, um, a solar powered pump down that same hole. So we'll have the ability to pump it by hand or with solar power. Um, we already have the solar mounted. We just haven't run, run the well pump into the hole yet. Um, waiting on my well guy to come over and help us do that because it's 120 feet of sucker pipe on that hand pump and we'll need to lift that up. And, and I don't feel very comfortable trying to do that with like the front end loader on the tractor. You know what I mean? Um, 
so we're going to have the well guy come over and help us do that. But, um, yeah, so I, I think we've been through quite a few different scenarios just in that little bit. I've lived in Mexico and experienced what it is to be very sick from having water that wasn't clean. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. I ended up teaching a, a class on water purification at a, um, at a prepper seminar one, one weekend about four months oh, yeah? ago. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun. Just, you know, just talking about some of those same experiences and, you know, how we, you know, different filters I've used camping and hiking and stuff and, you know, all that. Cause you know, we've used like the Sawyer mini, I've used the Catadine, I've used tablets for purification, I've, you know, kind of run the gamut, uh, pretty much everything, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. So I have tried, uh, there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a, water filter for like hikers and stuff called grail g-r-a-y-l i think it's about 60 bucks for a water bottle um but so instead of the water going in the top and then gravity um having the water go through the filter you actually have one like it, there's a sleeve the inside sleeve has the filter so you scoop the outside sleeve in water and there's like a fill line and the inside sleeve, you push through that filter on the bottom and the clean water comes up through the bottom. And my wife and I used that when we were traveling um, in Asia and never got sick from, right. from drinking the water. I mean, even like, you know, Hong Kong airport um, would do it in the airports too, Bangkok airport, because I'm not just drinking out of the tap there. So right. it's just not worth the risk and it was easy. So, yep. And I think there's quite a few filters that are effective and, you know, it's just a matter of, of selecting one and then taking care of it, you know, making sure it's cleaned and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think the biggest challenge and danger with almost everything to do with survival is not maintaining your equipment, you know, like, um, you know, everything from tents and sleeping bags to water filters, anything that you're using for that you depend on for, you know, your basic necessities can can deteriorate um, through use or 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 lack of care, you know, or just environmental damage. Yep. Like a water pulled up on my greenhouse and just completely collapsed it like overnight. <laughs> so. That was such a sad scene when you that sent was, those pictures. That was kind of just like, I, me and dad took like two, three hours to put that together. We set up all the lights and everything. It was like, it was, it was pretty, pretty slick. And then somehow the wind blew it down a little bit, caught water, and it probably caught 12 gallons of water and just crushed the whole thing. That's not a lot, but like, it's again. like seven, it's like 80 pounds. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. 12, 12, 12 gallons of water would be like 96 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's even that's even more. Yeah. Um so what what kind of other other methods of like water storage cuz like we have a hot tub, but obviously it has chlorine in it. Now, I've heard you can like treat the water somehow to basically remove the chlorine and well, make well, it I think, drinkable. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things about chlorine that people are kind of 
like they're more afraid of it than they should be probably. And, and I, you know, I was somewhat making fun of the fact that we use hydrogen peroxide and essential oils to, you know, cause we didn't want to use chlorine, but you know, if you leave it in, if you leave the um, container open for 24 hours, it'll, it'll basically all oxidize. And at that point you have an inert substance. It's not going to be harmful. Um, now, you know, whether the chlorine itself, you know, whether there's some sort of byproduct or whatever, you know, some sort of metabolite or whatever, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going I mean, on there, like but chemically, that, but when it comes down to it, you know, right now we have the luxury to pick and choose what we use. We don't want, you know, this in our food or that in our food when breaking down, you know, plastics and chemicals and carcinogens and everything. But when it comes down to it, you know, you're going to drink what water you can get, you know, screw the chlorine as long as it's not a debilitating disease, you know, you're going to drink it. Yeah. I, I always say, um, right now I care about what kills me slowly, but in that situation, yeah. I'm only going to care about what kills me quickly. Exactly. You know, cause for me, one thing that it's been on the back of my mind recently is people storing water in just your empty Mason jars. But I have, 700 and like 90 mason jars that's a that's a lot that's that's a lot of place to have to store all that yep yep and then so it, it'd be different if they were all in use in the pantry but in storage you know it's just kind of sitting there they're they're packed up nicely in boxes but what happens if a shelf breaks you've lost a whole lot of mason jars I started um, saving like gallon jugs from the store after my after you know we'd finish off a gallon of milk and then I would put I would clean it out and put water in it and then just a few drops of chlorine mm -hmm. like yep. five I think was the ratio five or six to a gallon mm -hmm. and and I even built like little shelves under my stairs to store to store the jugs. Well, after a couple of weeks, I found one of them had like collapsed and I'm like, what? Well, there, it got a pinhole leak and all that water went all over the floor and other stuff we were storing under the stairs. And so I got rid of all those jugs. I mean, it was like 40 gallons of water or something like that. Oh um, yeah. And I even made a little video about it I, and I was I, told I, by somebody not to do that. And I did it anyways. I'm like, let's just see what happens. And that's what happens. So now I, now I, I need forgot, to figure it out. I forgot another part of our, of our water story. Um, we used to go to a spring called healing Springs. Um, and we would get like 150 gallons of water every trip. So we'd go like every two weeks and that would be our drinking cooking water. Are these the ones that have like the tap at like next to the road or something? Yeah, these this one is actually um, it's really a cool story. It was used in the Revolutionary War by both sides. They would send their wounded there, and there's a church near it, um, and it's kind of like an extension of the parking lot of the church where you can go and park. And that acre of land where those springs are, it was was bequeathed to God. Like literally, it says bequeathed to God by whoever owned it whatever whatever years ago that's awesome um yeah it's pretty cool 
Um, so I don't, I'm not sure, you know, if it's like a community thing to maintain it, but it's got, it's got taps that have been, you know, like they, they developed the springs and there's like, I think three or four main springs that have like a cement pad with pipes sticking up out of the ground and you just go put your jug under the tap and it fills up. Um, the problem with that was that there's a lot of cotton production in that area and you could tell in the summer, especially when they were using those pivot irrigation systems, they were just draining the aquifers, man, because it was, it would just start slow to trickle, you know, it'd take forever to fill up a jug, you know, but we, we, we use only glass. That's what I was going to tell you is like we use glass and those big five gallon plastic. Carboys. Uh, yeah. The, we use glass one gallon jugs and we use the plastic, um, the plastic garrafones uh, in Spanish. I can't remember what it's called in English. Carboy, is that the one? Is that the word for it? Uh, I know the carboys are basically like a ale jug. It's got the little loop through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the, the gallon jugs we had. Yeah. Some, yeah, I've got about 12 of those. Yeah. We had, um, we had 20 five-gallon plastic jugs and we had like another 20 or 30 of them. Are these like the the big kind of square industrial ones? Not square. They're they're um they're round like the ones you get in the grocery store like if you want to go get you know or they have like in an office they turn upside down in the, in the thing. like a culligan. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Hmm. I I was looking at getting the square ones from Walmart about like they're like they hold like <clears throat> like three gallons a few gallons each or something like that, and you can stack them. That's what I was looking at for for water storage, but haven't haven't done that yet. So, well, I I think that it probably makes sense to keep, you know, even even when you're in a situation where I am, where you have access to plenty of water, you know, to keep, you know couple of gallons per person for three or four days worth candy. right um we have quite a few backup processes that we can enact to keep our well running um you know combustible or, or what do you call it um man i don't know why i'm thinking in spanish right now but uh, <laughs> i was gonna say combustible which is fuel but uh, you know we have like um a gas or diesel generators and we have um we have you know some solar and we have the hand pump we have ways to get water out of the ground um but you know having a few gallons on hand like if if something happens and the well freezes like with the super cold weather we're going to have here and i know it's super cold for me is relative but it's going to be like in the in the mid-teens this weekend if the well were to freeze it'd be good to have 10 or 12 gallons of water handy that I can just get to and, you know, flush a toilet, drink, you know, make some soup, whatever. Um, so I think it's prudent to have some, some stored kind of no matter what your situation. But, yeah. So, you know, one of the big things in with water storage, not just for yourself, but it's for the stuff you eat and get things from you do eat. Um, so what I, I sent Matt through telegram is what I got from, from work that I had. And then I turned them into water feeders or waterers um one 16 gallon and then the rest are i think like seven gallon and so i could fill all those up and then just kind of have them there and then i can just switch out their water and just change it around without having to 
do too much. And then if it ever comes down to it, I could drink it. Yeah. I have a food grade, yes. I have a food grade uh, IBC tote that's black. Yeah. Apparently, if you leave water in a in darkness for like 60 days, all the bacteria and stuff die. I, mm-hmm. I, apparently, that's how the wells, you know, how wells are, are able to be anti. So uh, the guy, one of the guys, he, he had two of them. He let me have one of them. He was telling me. He was telling me, you know, about that feature of them. And I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. You know, so we came right down to it. I could just fill that thing up, wait 60 days, and there you go. You know? And then just filter it through like a, um, I forgot the name of it. But you, you put, you know, rocks and charcoal and sand and all that. Yep. And then just filter it through that. And then if you need to process it again, and then you're good. Yep. There's... um. A lot of people probably like, well, water takes up, like to store water, it takes up a lot of space and it's heavy. So like, where would you put it? Like, so, or they just, because of those reasons, they just don't want to do anything. Well, it's like, yeah, there's not, there's not a whole lot that has to go wrong for you to have dirty water or no water at all. So yeah. my, um, my old boss uh, at their brand new house, they had their well dug and it lasted about a month. And then all of a sudden it just started pumping sand, like just nothing but sand. So what happened is the, um, at the bottom of the well, it, it caved in. And then, so it just like sucked was just sucking up sand. And so they just had to, what did they have to do? I think they just basically had to keep pumping the sand until it cleared itself out. But for three weeks they were using their neighbors like hoe like off like um off their hydrant in their yard yeah and so like that i mean yeah a lot of people would be like you know that's i don't have a well i'm on the city i'm fine well it seems like once a year my parents place has like a boil water advisory and when those get put out it's because there's something with wrong with the water now, not like, you know, in a couple of days, you're going to have bad water. Like <laughs> the water's bad in your, in your coming out of your tap now. And so you've already been drinking contaminated water. Um, and it's too late. Like, yeah, should have been, should have been filtering it beforehand, not waiting until you get told to filter it. Well, I mean, I think the municipal water supplies are pretty suspect anyway from the point of view of I mean there's a there's a bunch of problems with them especially the old ones but you know you can have everything from the things they add to it like fluoride and chlorine mm-hmm. but it's good for your teeth yeah. <laughs> have, it lowers your IQ and all that yeah gives um, you bone cancer and then you have you know then you have the issues of you know the the pipes themselves and what kind of contaminants are being you know, shed into the water by the pipes themselves, whether they're either, you know, biological contaminants or chemical contaminants, like the lead in Flint, Michigan. I mean, that's a disaster, right? Yep. And there yep. was something in what Jackson, Mississippi too recently. Yep. The problem there. That was just a mess. That was just a, a clown world mess. I don't remember exactly what the issue was for uh, Jackson, Mississippi. 
they replace all the people who knew what they were doing. Oh. <laughs> Basically. And I've also heard, you know, um, stories of, like, alarms going off because someone got a decimal wrong, you know, in the system. And they added, like, a whole bunch of whatever it was, soda ash or whatever it was to make it more alkaline. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, and the problem with that so much that it's going to get to you and it's going to be too alkaline for you or too, or too acidic for you. The problem is that that change in chemistry can actually affect the things that leach leach into the water from the oh sure from the transport mechanism the surfaces yeah that it comes in contact with just yeah. to get to you sure so I don't know I mean again I'm not a chemist I don't I'm not an expert in this stuff I just I just am very uh, generally suspect of of uh, you know when the government's involved in providing me with stuff I kind of you know trust verify <laughs> not know. a bad way to go I. Uh, so I have to drive to Missoula now, uh, for work. And when I have to drive a certain through, um, reserve street bridge for those who are familiar with it, um, it stinks because the water treatment plant is right there. And I don't know why, uh, treating water has to be so stinky. So like, basically that's, that's what you're, that's what you're drinking. You're drinking that stink. When you drink Missoula water. Well, have you, have you guys ever, there's a P and G makes a water purification packet that has a, um, a thing in it that causes all the solids to kind of coagulate and then it drops to the bottom. Have mm. you ever, have you ever seen this thing in action? No, it's but... pre- pretty cool. Um, but they, so they have this thing. It's it's a P and G makes it. You can find them on Amazon, other places. If you're gonna buy them, make sure you get them that have that are recent manufacture because it's only it's got a three year expiration date. You don't want to get something that's like already two years old, you know. But um, basically, you can take like muddy water, dump a pack of that in it, stir it up, wait ten minutes, and it'll it'll be clear as can be. Hmm. And it's got a. Does it just settle to the bottom? Yep. And, and basically the municipal water systems work that way, especially the ones that pull water out of like, um, you know, rivers or whatever. Now, if they're, if they're processing sewage, that's a whole different thing. And I'm, you know, you know, I don't even want to comment on that, but, um, cause you know, that could have antibiotics and all kinds of different chemicals. Oh yeah. And it doesn't Drugs. leave. It, it'll. Antidepressants. You know, you flush a whole bunch of stuff down the toilet. Yeah. That stuff's not going anywhere. You can't filter that out. But but if they're using like uh, river water, whatever, or lake water, whatever, they it, they'll use that precipitate in the large tanks. It'll cause everything to precipitate pre- precipitate out, and then they're pumping water off the top of that. So you know they they clean this water, and then they run it through all the chemical treatment and additional filtration, and then it goes out into the distribution system, the network. Uh, but that's that little packet's pretty cool, and I use it more as a demonstration of how municipal. When I was doing the class, I use it more as a demonstration of how the municipal work chemically, um, just to give people an idea. But also, you know, handed them out as part of the, you know, if you came to the class, you got one for free, kind of thing. Mm. Because it's a pretty cool thing to have in your pack, you know, if you're bugging yeah. out, you know, you know, take a you know, jug of water and you know, suck it out of a mud puddle, and you know, off you go. <laughs> Um, I actually have that chemical with me, um, for my hot tub. And so it, 
it does that coagulation thing like it binds together and makes it a, basically a bigger particle for the filter in my hot tub to catch it and not cycle it through the system so it binds to the to the filter easier um yeah. has anyone here used a life straw no i i have some but i have not used them i i, I got I, a couple i have one also and i've never used it i was just curious if anyone has i've used the sawyer the sawyer mini you know you know what i'm talking about yep yeah so i've used that and i've used it both using the straw and also you know using it basically to filter through you know uh, uh i've used it in, in in the line for a camelback and i've used it as a gravity thing as well so those are pretty handy i like having those around when i'm backpacking and stuff long story it's kind of funny that you are so particular about your water uh because i am too it's like one of my weird things that i like to brag about like we have really clean water here because like dude when we first got our well uh put in we opened up that hydrant and it was just brown i mean it was it was super rusty i mean it was like a the safe level of iron determined by the EPA is 0.3 parts per million. We had six, not 0.6, six parts per million. Oh, <laughs> and so, and you so, you know, sit at it and started forging with it. Good. <laughs> and so we had this. Um, we had the system set up and I was replacing the filters like every two months. And finally I went to my wife. I'm like, we are burning through cash, uh, just replacing the filters here. And so we ended up spending a thousand dollars on a, an iron filter. That's all it does is just filter iron. And then some, uh, a-hole came by and said, cause we were, we, cause our water is also hard. And he's like, oh yeah, water softener would have done both those things i'm like i was told that my iron content is too high for it to filter for a water softener to filter out the iron he's like nah it would have done it fine i'm like son of a bitch yeah <laughs> so but i didn't want to deal with the salt anyways but i guess there is a new system out there that uses citrus in a filter like a cartridge filter to make the water soft um it's like nova or something like that I'll, I'll look it up quick for for anyone that's interested but i feel like cartridges are easier to deal with this than salt so what's the name yeah. of that um hand pump that you have there long story um uh, so there's there's lots of them the one that we bought is the called a bison and we've got it's a stainless steel pump, so it's it's on the higher end in terms of price. Um, there's others like the simple pump and others that are much less expensive. Um, so you know there, there, there's a range of, of you know, <laughs> options there, but we went with the the bison. It's a very beautiful. It's almost like an art piece, you know. You know? Um, but yeah, um, that's what we went with. I, think I looked it up after our interview and they they don't, I didn't think they were that bad on price. I don't think it's bad. It's just that you know they're like you know there are others that are much less expensive. I mean I think when I, we were pricing them the bison was two or three thousand and the simple pump 
was like uh, maybe seven or eight hundred, something like that. So, you know, now I mean, honestly, I felt like the bison was worth it because it's all stainless steel and the construction is just, you know, I mean, it's just bulletproof. So I don't know what those prices would be today. I'm sure they've changed just because of all the, uh, I mean, pretty much everything made of steel seems like it's doubled in the last two years, but. Standard deep well pump. I don't know. Oh man, you got to call him to get a quote, but yeah, that looks super nice. I like that a lot. You know, I don't like it when they do that. I wish they just give you like a, this price point to this price point, so you have an estimate in your head on what it would be. You said it was like two to three grand at the time. Yeah, I want to say it was that. Um, you know, we had to buy, we bought the sucker pipe and everything as a package, and it was a little bit more than that after we added all that in. Um, but uh, I think it was around three. I want to say, but that was again. That was in two thousand, probably sixteen. Ooh, 15 so or I bet 16. They're, but they're more. But they're way more. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that they're quite a bit more now. Well, I'll 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 submit a quote so I can tell everybody how much it costs for a standard deep well cuz I think that's what I would need. Yeah. But our, our that well that we put it on was 350 something feet deep. Um and the sucker pipe is 120 feet. So we, you know, that that sucker pipe is it goes down enough to where you can pull i want to say you can pull like 70 or 80 gallons um let's see i'm I'm not no i'm not thinking right but anyway there, there's quite a bit you can pull out of it draw out of the well before you get you know the sucker pipe would be not touching water um you know, even assuming it doesn't really refill, but it does refill, like I said, between four and seven gallons a minute. So, you know, you'd have to, if, if I'm running a pump that pumps 30 gallons a minute, I could have, I could run it dry for a, you know, until it refills. But um, I, I'm going to put a solar pump on it that only does like six or eight gallons a minute. And I should never have a problem. Sure. And, and I'll never have a problem with the hand pump. I just couldn't pump fast enough to, <laughs> to ever do that. But That's true. This is that one brand that I was thinking about for the soft, like a water softener using a cartridge, mm-hmm. like you can see, instead of using salt. So um, that's that. Anyways, I don't even know how you'd pronounce that. Nuovo, N-U-V-O, H-2-O. But um, what's, man, I'm trying to think of. Do you guys have ponds? Is there a pond on uh, on your property? Yeah. So there's actually a pond on our property now in the back. It is completely dry because the guy who tried to make it bigger dug from the bottom and kind of broke the the clay barrier that kind of keeps it in. Mm. So we have to we have to repack re-seal it with it. clay, dig it out a little bit more, and then reseal it. And because the spring's still there, I dug a hole maybe a foot down, and it's full of water constantly. And then, uh, but we're mm. leaving, and <laughs> um, in the next you know year or two, hopefully. But my grandmother has a runoff pond that may or may I think there's a spring attached, um, but it would have to go through like heavy filtration before I would really drink it, because um, it's like right next to, it's like right off the highway at the corner. 
and uh, so yeah, there, there's that. That's it's healthy. There's frogs and fish and turtles in it, but I would just really process it first. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. But then another um, thing though is you know, if you have any sort of like enclosure for your animals to get in, if you just hook gutters to it, and then just have you know barrels and and have, maybe have it even connected to their feeders. Then maybe just put in like a couple drops of bleach for them, and then that's a way you can keep them watered. Yeah, I we guess. had we have a lot of water collection. I haven't done it here at the, the building we live in, but um, we have rainwater collection on the little shed where we keep the solar equipment, and um, you know that keeps a fifty-five gallon drum easily filled. I want to add more to it, but I haven't gotten around to it. But rainwater. Our collection is fantastic. We had, like I said, seven water barrels, rain barrels at the suburban home we lived in. And I mean, we watered the entire, uh, we had about 300 square feet of raised beds in a courtyard backyard, a tiny little backyard, but we had six chickens and all these raised beds, a bunch of fruit trees. And um, we watered all the plants out of that. Even when we had droughts, we, we were basically fine to continue watering out of them. Just that three or 400 gallons of water was enough. It's amazing how far it can go. So what about, um, how, how do you plan for livestock? Like just, just what, just do the math essentially. Yeah. Well, we have dairy cows, so that's, <clears throat> that's a challenge because they, they need, you know, 30 gallons a day. Holy cow. Dang. Yeah. That is a challenge for sure. Is that every day they're in milk? Yeah, I, I mean, the, I don't know if it was like they need access to or they will consume that, but I think on some of the hotter days they're drinking, you know, a lot. I mean, I can tell you when we fill up a 60, uh, what was it, a 60 gallon stock tank? Um, yeah, they'll empty it. Uh, two of them will empty it pretty quickly. Wow. When cows drink, I feel like they they drink half and spill half on the ground. So it, maybe it's really more like fifteen. They just need to. Could be. They just need to be more <laughs> careful. Teach them how to drink through a straw. Um, I'm trying to think of some other water storage and filtering methods that um, we haven't covered yet. Uh, well, I'll, or I'll reasons mention why you would. Um, I. I have one more thing I'll mention about water storage. Those barrels that we had in the suburban home, we, we kept them. And now they have been painted black and they're sitting along the south facing wall of our hoop house. And trying to use them as a solar, you know, solar, basically heat thermal source. mass uh, to, mm -hmm. to yeah. shed heat at night. It's not as effective as we hoped. It's just, I don't think it's enough mass, to be honest with you. I think if we had instead of 12, if we had, you know, enough to basically cover the entire wall, it'd probably be significant, but 12 on a 60 foot wall just isn't enough. We probably need, you know, 35 or something, but anyway, it's, it's, it, that was an idea that it just wasn't enough. Now, the other thing though, is we do have two 55 gallon rain barrels filled with water sitting under one of our citrus trees to protect it from the frost. And that, that does work very well. You just sit it next to it. 
it's literally sitting there's two of them sitting on either side of it so it's they're both huh. kind of under it that's kind of hmm. cool um one thing that i saw a guy do um at a on a permaculture farm is that he was using a body of water as like the, he's got the thermal mass of the body of water but then he was also trying to heat up like this south facing hillside and i don't know if this is legitimate or not but he said that the sun reflecting off the surface of the water and bouncing off of it and hitting the side of the hill would help like would help in this little like microclimate that he built or something like that is there something to that or is that a little bit of a reach i don't know it sounds like it could do something you can burn an ant with reflection through a microscope are you using water as a reflection? I mean, is that not what he's doing? He's I mean, kind I, of. I, I think there's probably something to it, but I would think that the effect is very small. But yeah, a lot of those microclimates, the effect doesn't need to be large. So maybe maybe it's fine, you know? Hmm. Or he just thinks it's fine. <laughs> or maybe it's just an experiment just to see what happens. Because yeah. there was... There's a bunch of things that he was doing in that area to create this microclimate. So um, I can't remember all the other things, but that was the one that was like, hmm, I don't know about that. Just curious. Well, the, the, I mean, the body of water itself, I think, is more significant than the reflection. Um, my sister lives on a, on a lake, and they can literally plant citrus you know, next to the water and it, even in our eight A's, you know, climate, um, next to the water, it's like, you know, a microclimate basically that, that is more like an eight B or even a nine in terms of winter. And so that's, a, you know, a much better, you know, it's just a huge heat sink. The other thing we have, a, a thousand gallon cistern, one of our solar, one of our wells is powered by solar um feeds the water into a thousand gallon cistern that thousand gallon cistern is such a large thermal mass that i don't have to um i don't have to heat the pipes or anything around it hmm. um even when it's extreme cold i mean it's been down to like 11 degrees and i've not had a problem with any any of the plumbing around that cistern because it's just such a massive nice. solar you know such a heat sink um i mean the water comes out of the ground at 55 degrees um, sits in that tank, maybe gets heated up by the sun a little bit. And then, you know, by the, you know, overnight it's, it's, it's fine. So it's above ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. I it's, would, I always thought about tanks. Oh, the big above ground tanks. Yeah. A thousand. Gallon okay. Ground tank. Yeah. That's I would always want to do a underground. Yeah. I was tank. fixing to bring that up. Yes, we didn't talk about that part. You know, building a a cistern or underground water tank or storage—that's another thing. I, I knew a guy that built one out of cement, four hundred gallons, in, under his house. Holy crap! That's just a yeah. Septic. I'd like I'd like to bury bury mine if I could. Right. Just because I don't want to deal with trying to keep it not not freezing. Well, that's a that's a consideration you'd make that I wouldn't even think of, right? Right, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, 
I've seen them. I've seen the ones that you can just sit on, like they just sit on the ground, and then ones that are in the ground. So, like, I interviewed a guy um, off Twitter, Brian Harrington in California. He's got a 2,500 gallon cistern that just sits in his backyard. Um, it's all black, and I think it helps a little bit. Um, with with so I think it does create a little bit of a microclimate in his backyard. Not that he needs it. He's in Southern California, so. Um, yeah. Well, the I would if I was going to do rain catchment on the building we live in, I would want to have at least three thousand gallons of storage, and I would want it to be underground. And I would use a solar pump to get it out of this out of the tanks. But you know, the thing is that those underground tanks are very expensive, man. Those mm. things are. Oh yeah, thousands of dollars. You know, yes they are. I just haven't felt like I I had the like I don't feel like I have the necessity because we do have lots of other options for water. But it would be really cool if we had a really bad drought for you know six or eight weeks and you know in the heat of the summer it'd be great to have that as a resource for watering plants or animals or whatever. But yeah, haven't pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, that's that's the big thing that's keeping me from from doing that is the expense of it all. Um, that's a lot of plastic. That's a lot of, that's a big, big mold that they, that they use to make those things. So yeah, I'm, I, I remember pricing it out and I would just go, Whoa, never mind then. And that's just to buy the damn tank. That's not even to hook it up or dig a hole or anything. So yeah, should have, yeah. should have done it when I was building. Yeah, two two thousand gallon. I just looked it up real quick. There's one on eBay. Two thousand gallons, five thousand dollars. <laughs> what? Jeez, that's nuts. Um, yeah. well, um, did you guys have anything else um, that you wanted to? Whoa, wanted to talk about, or we didn't mention, or anything? I think we pretty much got everything I was going to say. Yeah, I agree. Sure you too. Um, yeah, man. Just do something about it. You know, don't wait. Don't avoid. Don't avoid the problem. Just go through and at least do something. You know, we talked about a lot of different ways you could have water storage. Just pick one and have a, a small amount of it. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think, you know, I'm a big fan of what you're saying there, uh, Grant. Like, like if it's two gallons of water under your kitchen sink, that's a start. Yeah. Like don't, don't be shy about, you know, just starting with the smallest amount. I mean, you know, the rule of thumb is two gallons per person per day. You know, how many people in your household times two? Start with that then add another day and another day. And then you got 72 hours and then try to build up to two weeks. Maybe that's a good yeah. rule of thumb. I would say two weeks should get you by most things. And, and in the, in, in a real crisis, you know, living in a hurricane zone or earthquake or whatever, in a real crisis, you could make that last a little longer than, you know, two, you know, two gallons a day would probably be more than you have to have. Um, but, yeah, like I did the math. That's like thirty-six gallons of water. You know, if you just have a an open, you know, fifty-five gallon barrel, it's just at the corner of your house, just collecting water when it rains. Throw a lid on it, 
drop some chlorine in it, and then you're good. You're done. Yeah, that's not bad. Occasionally should... use it for something, and then let it fill back up. And if you have water rights somewhere, that's good too. Yeah, one one thing I will add, if you're going to do rain catchment off of your roof and your gutters, you'll want to try to look for a first flush system that will flush some of the debris and stuff out before mm. it starts to collect it. You're talking about the thing that sits on top? Well, there's two, there's two things that are common hardware. One's a diverter, a downspout diverter, which is what I use, but I didn't care about filtering it. Um, and then there's a first flush system that basically takes the first rain that flows off, you know, all the bird poop leaves and whatever, and it flushes it down a different pipe. And then there's a float that valve, usually it's a float valve that pops up and then blocks off that, that first flush That's neat. part of the tube. And then it flows into your cisterns. Is it the That's first one? Mention. Uh, geez, dude, I'm doing this on my phone. I can't see it. Very oh, well. shoot. Sorry. Yeah. Something like that. I believe um there's 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 multiple ways to build them i've seen i've seen guys just build them like just buy some pvc and they they use hmm. like a a y splitter and some some you know some other stuff i, I i'm not i can't remember a buddy of mine built one i i haven't done it where i am so well it's good that. to know that that option is there yeah 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 well it just saves you from having to you know having contaminants build up and it saves you from um, you know, some of the nastiness that were collecting the tank. It was, you know, wh- one of the things my buddy had to do is he had to go into the, into the tank and clean it out. Cause a bunch of sediment had built up in the bottom of it Ooh. after a period of time. No, thanks. So the other thing that you, when you're plumbing a big tank like that, if you're going to connect more than one, you'll want to have the, the pipe come. Uh, I should maybe, I can see if I can, you want the pipe to come up like a U so that you're not getting, you know, water off the bottom. So, you know, have the pipe vertical. So the water flows into it like this. Um, that'll help to also avoid transferring sediment between tanks or into the, whatever, you know, pump system you're using. Like a P trap. Kind of like that. Hmm. Yeah. So there's just some tricks like that that are good to keep in mind that, as you get more advanced with it, you might want to look at. Hmm. We like to get advanced around here, right, Grant? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man, I had a, I had a, um, a mentor that used to say, "Ready or not, begin now." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, had, I had another. I'm gonna steal uh, that. Yeah, and I had another, uh, another a basketball. My basketball coach when I played in college, he. He used to say, uh, basically, right or wrong, make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he was like, he said, right, what he would say is right or wrong, commit. He was talking about when you're getting back on defense. He said, if you don't commit to one player, then the other players on the team don't know who to commit to. So, right or wrong, commit to somebody. And then the other guy will come, you know, fill in the, the gap. Sure. But, you know, right or wrong, commit. And then the other person, ready or not, um, start now, you know, begin now. So words to live by, right? I get, yeah, I guess it'll, we'll, we'll come back this time next year and see what any of us did for rain catchment or water storage and see, we'll see who wins. 
Yeah. Perfect. All right. Grant, go ahead. Plug your TikTok because you love it. <laughs> Home set of pain on TikTok and Instagram. Come check me out if you want to see what I'm doing. And um, you should things. see what he's doing. It's it's pretty great. You'll get inspired. He'll he'll send you personalized messages. I can. I can do that. For five dollars a piece. Yeah. <laughs> With the picture. Long story. Go ahead. Hey man, we're uh we're on Facebook. We're working on a webpage. Uh find us on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know if you want uh anything here in central South Carolina. Uh mostly pork and poultry. Um, you know, pasture based, non GMO, um sustainably raised meats and uh you know, check us out. Awesome. And I am Matt of a Farm Hop Life. You can check us out, farmhoplife.com. Uh, thank you guys for being here, and thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Uh, next week, we're going to do a year in review. We're going we're gonna to take a break from the Collapse Now series and just talk about how this year went for everybody. So, uh, yeah, I've already been thinking about failures and your successes, mostly your failures. I don't have that many this year. You will fail at something in the next week just for something to talk about. I mean, on purpose? Yes. That's not possible. <laughs> Break up with your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Later. All right. Talk to you later.